So how are we going to get through these remaining weeks or months of this pandemic? How are we going to get through it and not just survive, but thrive? Maybe thus far you've kind of been surviving. Maybe that, that's what it's kind of been. We've been in the survival mode. Maybe for some of us that took quite a long time to get through. And then we start to think, how can I thrive in this time? Maybe you're still in that survival mode thinking, I just want to get this over and done with. Well, I, I do believe we can actually thrive in this time. I think for many of us responding in different ways, uh, finding this difficult in different ways, we've taken time to kind of get our heads around it. But I do believe we can thrive in this time. I do believe we can bear th- we can bear fruit in this time. We can actually live fruitful lives in these strange times where we can't see our friends and we can't maybe go to work or do the things that we would not like to be normally doing. So how are we going to get through these months? Is it through uh, eating loads of chocolate, drinking loads of wine? Is it through binge watching Netflix series? Is it through doing endless DIY and, and home improvement uh, tasks to fill the time? I don't believe those things are ultimately going to cause us to thrive. Um, I want to share four things uh, with you today, four truths with you today that I believe if we take them to heart, if we build our lives on them, if we allow ourselves to be shaped by them, I believe we're going to be fruitful. I believe we're going to be um, thriving and I believe we're going to come out of this um, in a stronger place as a church and in our witness in this area as well. So four things that we want to build our lives upon in this time. It says in, um, in Jeremiah Uh, 15 and and verse 16, your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. I don't know if that's true for you. Is God's word uh, a a delight of your heart? Is it a joy to you? Does God's word fill you with joy? I I really want it to fill you with joy. Uh, In the best and worst of times, God's word brings unshakable peace and joy. Jesus says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And maybe you feel captured by some things in this time. Maybe you feel um, yeah, really bound by some things in this time. Well, you need to know truth. You need to have your mind shaped by truth. So fourth truths I want to share with you today to help us get through the rest of this pandemic. Two truths about God, two truths about you. And the first truth is really simple. All of these are really simple. God has never lost control. God has never lost control. I was reading a, a New York Times article and there's a Pakistani journalist. He goes back to Pakistan right in the, the thick of their first wave. And a guy said to him, well, he firstly, he asked this um, Muslim guy, he said, where did this virus come from? And this guy replied, God created it, but now he has lost control. It's not God's virus anymore. It's ours. You may feel that way. It may feel like that for you. You may feel like God's not in control. And the problem with thinking that God's not in control. The problem with kind of dwelling on, does God know what he's doing here, is that you try and take control. And and, and maybe you've been doing that in these last eight or nine months. I found myself trying to take control at times. I found myself glued to my phone, trying to read the latest news about the pandemic, trying to get my head around the the vaccine prospects, trying to get my head around the, the, the death rate and all this kind of stuff, trying to get my head around it all in order to try and have some control, in order to try and be ahead of the game, in order to try and plan in some ways. Well, what this has taught us is that we are not in control, but we need to come to the truth and the good news that God has never lost control. Maybe you're kind of working out, well, what are my chances of survival? If, if there's a particular death rate for those in that age group, what are my chances? Maybe you're trying to think, 
well, if I go to the shop at that time, then I'll, I'll reduce my contact with people and therefore that might, that might mean I don't catch the virus. There might be some fear that you're kind of living in and it's actually about control because maybe you feel that God's lost control somehow. Maybe you're thinking, well, there's a 50% chance that my business might survive this, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and work out what other job prospects they might be. Or I'm gonna jo-. You, you're just constantly strategizing, thinking, how am I going to get through this? You, you, you probably don't need me to tell you this, but trying to get control by yourself is not a firm place to place your feet. There is a better way. There is a better place to stand, a rock of certainty rather than the sand of probabilities, thinking, okay, have I got such and such a chance of making it? I've got such and such a chance of surviving. I've got such and such a chance of my business getting through this. Your hope needs to be on something else. It, needs, it need not be on the odds. It need not be on the news and the vaccine. I don't know how many times I googled when's the vaccine going to come last year. Your hope needs to be in God. My hope needs to be in God, in the fact that he's in control and that he's with me. And that whether I, I, I die or live, I'm with him who's obtained salvation for me. This is what it says in, in 1 Thessalonians in chapter 5. God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, and that's the phrase that the Bible uses, dead or alive, whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Have you, have you got this rock firmly placed under your feet that God is in control and that whether you live or die you're with him because he's obtained salvation for you have you got that that rock firmly under your feet are you standing on this rock that God is in control Isaiah teaches us that this is part of the very essence of being God says this in Isaiah 46 and verses 9 to 10 I am God and there is no other I am God and there is none like me declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. That sounds pretty emphatic, doesn't it? Sounds pretty involved, actually. And maybe it sounds scary to you. Is someone in control of all this? How can there be anyone in control of all this? It's chaos. How can there be a a God with such power? That's a frightening prospect. Well, (laughs) It would serve you well if you considered the character of God. It would serve you really well if you understood the great news that Jesus is God. Jesus, he shows us what God is like. Maybe maybe at the beginning of 2021, you need to re-familiarise yourself with the truth of who Jesus is, his character. And then you need to understand, okay, that's the God who's in control. Jesus is the God who's in control. He's the one we just celebrated at Christmas time, who came as a humble baby, who, who allowed himself to be dependent on his mother, who grew in obedience as a, as a child to his, his father and mother, who allowed himself to become a teenager with spots and body odour, who learnt his trade, who learnt to make stuff with his dad, who, as he grew older, befriended Those that life had cast to the side, that society had cast to the side. Those who were prostitutes and those who were hated by others because of their poverty or because of their status in society. He befriended them and he healed people and he set people free. And then 
in his early 30s, he's, he's betrayed by one of his best friends and he's put through a farcical trial and sentenced to death by the religious guys of his day and then killed by the Romans in a brutal way and he's left fighting for his breath on the cross, nailed to these pieces of wood, struggling for every breath and dying in agony as people mock him and spit on him. And this is Jesus, friends. This is, this is, this is the one who we, we celebrate is in control. That he, he rose again on the third day and forgave those who betrayed him and empowered them to go and tell the message to the world. This is the, this is the one who's in control. It's this Jesus who reigns. That's our God, not some tyrant. It's a God who is Jesus. That's really good news. A God who went to the greatest depths to win us, to bring us into his family. Nothing happens outside of his say. Hear that today. Nothing happens outside of his permission for it to happen. You might say, God didn't start the coronavirus. Well, that may be so. But it, it had to have his permission Satan had to have his permission to tempt Jesus. Satan had to have his permission to, to cause havoc in Job's life. When we read the book of Job in the Bible, this guy went through such suffering. Nothing happens outside of God's control. He has never once lost control. And this God who is in all authority and, and power, he says, fear not, for I am with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. I will uphold you with my, with my righteous right hand. I will care for you. This is the risen Jesus in the book of Revelation. He says, fear not. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. And I died and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of, of death and Hades. And he says, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. You can trust me. You don't need to try and control everything. Now, I'm not saying right now, you don't have to fear, you don't have to have any concern about this virus. Go and host a big party, invite everyone to come over. Caution's okay. Caution's not a bad thing, especially given that this vaccine's on the horizon and this thing will hopefully be a thing of the past in, in, in not a very long amount of time. But, but being dominated by fear and trying to control things, that's, that's not compatible with the truth that we find in this word, in God's word. It's not compatible with a life that's founded on the rock of God's in control. He, he knows the end from the beginning. Maybe, maybe fear will begin to recede as you, as you fill your mind with this truth. God is in control. As you fill your mind with this next truth that God is working all things together for your good. This is what it says in Romans 8 and verse 28. And we know, do you know this? And we know that for those who love God... All things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. This sovereign God, this God is in control. This one who is revealed to us in Jesus. He's working all things together for your good. All things. Social distancing. Uncertainty. The, the country shutting down. He's working it together for your good. He's working in all things. Confusion about how do I make Zoom work? <laughs> Confusion about what am I going to do? Church isn't happening as it normally does. He's working all things for your good. You can trust that it, it will work out for your good. You will look back on this year and be able to say, God did me good in that year. He did me good. You, you will. 
And until the day you die, God's going to keep working good things in your life, even when everything around seems rubbish, even when everything around seems confusing, even when you think, I can't cope, Lord, even when you think, I just can't deal with any more bad news. He's still working out good things in your life and he will do you good until the day you die. It's a promise. It's in scripture. You can take it back to God in prayer and you can say, God, I'm, I'm trusting in you. You're going to do me good. Show me what you're doing. Show me evidences of your goodness in this. And he will show you. Even when you don't see it, even when you don't feel it, he's working. He's working. Fill your mind with this truth. Build your life on it. He is not finished with you. He's going to work great things in you. You may not feel proud of the way you've been in this last year. You may not feel proud of the way you've responded in all of this uncertainty. God is at work in you and he is going to do you good. And he's going to bring you out from this. And he's going to make you more like Jesus through this. He's going to do you good. And you are immortal. I love this. This is a missionary to India who said this. He said, I am immortal until Christ's work for me to do is done. You are immortal until Christ's work for you to do is done. You needn't worry, when, when's my time going to come? Well, you're immortal until his work for you to do is done. So God is working for our good. He's in control and he's working all things together for our good. Two very quick truths about us. We are called to trust and not understand. I don't know about you, but there's been some things this year that I, I have at times cried out to God saying, I do not know what you're doing. What are you doing? Uh, and sometimes it's not being very reverent, actually. What are you doing, God? I lost my mum last year after a long battle with cancer. My dad is uh, desperately unwell in a care home. I haven't been able to see him at times. So I'm not able to see him right now. He's got very advanced dementia and I don't understand. I don't understand why God is keeping him alive. I've, I've found at times myself crying out to God, crying out to him saying, what are you doing? How is this right, Lord? And listen, he's got big shoulders. God can take that from you. He can take those cries. He can take the cries of, Lord, what are you doing? He can take it. Maybe you're in that place where you feel like, I just don't understand. I don't understand what God's doing here. You, you don't have to understand. You don't have to have worked it all out. I try and do that sometimes. I try and think, well, maybe, maybe with my dad, God's going to save some of the care workers in his care home. Maybe he will. But, but God is saying to me, Tom, you just need to trust me. You just need to trust me. You don't need to understand it all. You need to trust me. And Job, at the end of his time, where he's been through all this real difficulty, when he's gone through hell, really, he's lost his family, he's lost his livelihood, he's lost everything. God kind of shows off to Job. He, he kind of says, this is who I am, Job. You, you need to understand a few things about me. He, 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 he speaks of his character and his magnitude and his his glory. And Job says this, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. And I think that that is the kind of trust that we need to, to, to put into God. Where we say, I don't understand. I, I, and it's okay to grieve. It's okay to lament. It's okay to pour out our hearts to God and say, this is really painful, God. I don't understand what you're doing. This is so painful. 
But at the end of that, to say, God, but I know that you're in control. And I, I do believe your word, that you're working out all things for my good. And, and no purpose of yours can ever be thwarted. I do trust you, in, even in, in the things that I, I, I cannot see. I do trust you. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. When, we, when we're exercising faith, when we're, 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 we're trusting fully in the Lord, we're, we're not leaning on our own understanding. We're not setting aside our intellect and just thinking, well, it doesn't really matter. No, we're, we're resting our intellect upon the intellect of God. Nothing is, nothing is wiser to do. Nothing is more sane to do, actually, to say, okay, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rest in the knowledge that you've got this. That, that I don't understand it, well, I can't even work it out, but you've got this. I'm going to rest in that knowledge. You're called to trust and not understand. Sometimes you'll understand, sometimes you'll work it out, sometimes you'll look back and say, okay, I understand it all now. But you're called to trust regardless, whether you're working it out or not. Finally, you are appointed not to be busy, but to be fruitful. Jesus said, you didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. Jesus chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. And he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus' will for you is that you bear fruit. That you bear fruit in keeping with living in step with him. Maybe you're like me and you think, I just don't know how I can be productive. I don't know how I, I, I my life's complete. I'm, I'm not busy anymore. My, my things have changed. I, I'm, I used to be running at 100 miles an hour. What, what's happening? I can't do the things I once did. I can't have those people over like I used to have. I can't, I, maybe you're thinking, how, how can it be? Well, God doesn't want you to be busy. He wants you to be fruitful. He wants you to bear fruit that lasts. And that comes from abiding in him. And that life looks a bit slower sometimes. Maybe something... In this pandemic, getting through these last few weeks or months of this pandemic is by having unhurried time with God. Unhurried time to abide in him. Unhurried time just to be in his word. To work, work through it slowly. Some of you, you might be embarking on Bible in a year. That's a good thing. You will, you will really get a lot from that. But it's okay to work through a book really slowly. It's okay to pick a book, say John or Ephesians that I read out from earlier on, just work through it slowly to thank God for the truths that you're reading, just to ask him to help you to understand what you don't understand, to abide in him, to, to, to lay your, your burdens before him, to ask things of him, to just spend unhurried time in his presence. Listen, when you do that, you will be fruitful. You will be fruitful. There will be fruit in your life that will bring glory to God. There'll be things happening in you and through you that, that you haven't made happen by being really busy, but that actually have come to pass because you've abided in him. You need not be busy and frantic. You need to abide in Jesus. And that's my prayer for us as we go into 2021, that we would abide in Jesus. Should we pray, friends, where we are? Let's maybe just lift out our hands to him. And ask for his help in this. Lord Jesus, we thank you 
you, you've never ceased to be in control. Risen Jesus, the one who's conquered death, you are in control and you are good and you are at work in our lives. You're working, even when we don't see it, you're working. Even when we don't feel it, you're working. At every moment, you're working things together for our good and for your glory. And I pray that you would comfort us with these truths right now. I pray you'd, you'd come and strengthen my brothers and sisters watching this right now. Strengthen us, I pray, in these things. I pray we understand afresh, Lord God, that we, we don't need to be frantic, thinking that that's the way to be uh, productive. No, we need to abide in you. Help us to abide in you. Help us to abide in you. Help us to trust you. Help us to pour out our cares upon you. Help us to cast our burdens on you this year. Lord, knowing that you care for us. I pray that this would be a year where we know extraordinary depths with you, depths of relationship with you. And I pray, Lord, that we would shine. I pray that this church would shine in the months to come, in this area, for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.